Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. Busy show for you this week as always and we're going to be kicking things off in a few minutes with an in-depth chat with Glenn Gareth athlete Dara McElhenney. Dara won gold. In the 5,000 metres at the recent Irish Life Health National Senior Track and Field Championships at Morton Stadium, becoming a senior national champion for the very first time. He caught up with Kieran to chat about his win and much more besides, and it's well worth tuning in for. Later, we'll be joined by Clonakilty's Claire O'Leary ahead of their clash with Glan Meyer in the intermediate county final this Saturday at Kilmichael. Clon overcame West Cork rivals Ross Carberry at the semi-final stage. So we'll chat to Claire about that excellent win as well as Saturday evening's final. To finish up, we'll be joined by three members of the victorious Dunmanway team that overcame Clonakilty to win the Beamish Cup at Turner's Cross on Sunday. Captain Stephen O'Donovan, midfielder Mark Buckley and Cahill Daly who scored both goals in Sunday's final spoke to Kieran a little earlier to reflect on yet another famous day for the Mahona Club. But Kieran, before we jump into all of that, what were your own five biggest takeaways from the weekend that was? Remember, Town won the Beamish Cup at Turner's Cross last Sunday, a 2 0 win over County Kilty Town. Um, Cahill Daly got both goals for Dunmanway, and it was a perfect send off for Dunmanway captain Stephen O'Donovan, who looks like he's played his last game for the club and he's been a, a stalwart of Dunmanway over the years. I'm going to move on now to the West Park Senior Ladies football team who booked their place in the County Senior Football Final for the third successive year. West Park had a huge win over, over Ahede in Saturday's semi-final. West Park put up 9-15 with Corsi Rovers rising staff to only Keating scoring five goals. So that sets up a West Park more heavy final for the third year in a row. Phil Healy was back in the top of the podium again last weekend. She completed a terrific sprint double at the Irish National Championships. She won the 200-metre final to add to the 100-metre title she'd won the previous weekend. And it means that Phil now has won 12 national senior titles, which is a phenomenal record. Um, the, Lazarus has nothing on the comeback that the Inneskeen Camogie team produced last Sunday in the um, county quarterfinal at Castle Road. At one stage in the first half, Inneskeen were trailing back rock by 13 points. They looked dead and buried. But Inneskeen rose from the depths of hell and they recorded a superb 118 to 213 win to book their place in the county intermediate semi final. And no surprise to see Orlick Conan led the fight back and the Cork Star chipped in with 10 points. Um, we'll round off with uh, County Championship hurling now. And it was a mixed bag for West Cork teams in the County Hurling Championships. Bandon and Newcastle are through to the quarterfinals of the Cork Senior A Hurling Championship. Kilbritton are into the quarterfinals of the Cork Lower Intermediate Hurling Championships. But Barry Rowe and Aberdeen Rangers must pick themselves up for relegation battles in the coming weeks. Okay, Kieran. Well, let's move on and turn our attentions to Glen Gareth's Dara McElhenney. Over the past few months, I'm sure many of our listeners will have been bitten by the running bug and you didn't have to look too hard on social media during lockdown to see people posting their questionable 5K times, if I could get my pages out in front of me. Dara is now officially Ireland's 5K king, having claimed gold at the national championships in an eye-watering time of 13 minutes and 56 seconds. So it's always great to have Dara on the podcast. But two questions for you first, Kieran. How how was he keeping when you spoke to him? But firstly, what's your own best 5K time while we're on that subject? 
I don't think numbers go that high, Jack, to be quite honest. Um, I think we talked about this before, and I used to do, there was a 5K up in Bellincolic, and it's probably still going there. It was like a park run. It used to be on Sunday mornings, and we actually used to travel up from Kerry just up to Bellincolic to take part in it, because it's a lovely circuit, and um, takes you through the park. And I think it was 21, 22 minutes. Um, I presume there's a record somewhere online, or someone will probably kind of, Find, find it now and it'll be like 28 minutes 45 seconds but I know I, I, I think it was 21 22 but I was never I was never made for for the short sprints or the long distance I'm kind of 21 or 22 coach. though that's that's pretty solid like that you'd be quite happy breaking 25 is a uh, is difficult enough obviously breaking 20 is the thing everyone was chasing during lockdown but 21 22 you can be proud of that Kieran. Because up in Ballincollig, the kind of circuit, like there's no hills, it was all flat and it's kind of through the woods and stuff and it's a super course. It's kind of made for quick times and that was a good few years ago now. I'd say it'd probably take me 21 minutes to drive 5k at this stage at the mind run it. So, um, but Darren McAhaney, he's in a league of his own, like different class altogether. And when I caught up with him, he was in super form and just to use the phrase, a pep in his step, because there was... Uh, like to win his first senior national title in his first year as a senior is a it's a, it's a big breakthrough for Dara and um he's obviously delighted with that and Dara's PB for the for the five thousand meters I think is thirteen fifty four um and it's also an Irish under twenty record while John Travers who we beat his PB is thirteen twenty eight so John Travers is a twenty six seconds better athlete than Dara over five thousand meters right now but Dara still won the gold um. And just always when they're talking to Dara, it's just such uh, an insightful and honest look because um, just he's, he's a very revealing character. And when, he, when he, you'll hear now soon coming up, but Dara talks about that last lap in the 5,000 metres. And at one stage, there was a voice telling him, go, go now, go now. And he thinks that if he went, when, he, when he, his voice was telling him to go, that he wouldn't have won. But he showed his maturity for a 19-year-old where he just held off waited a bit longer, made his move, kicked on and won. So um big breakthrough for Dara. Kind of it really puts his name back back in the limelight and it kind of I suppose announces him again on the senior stage as 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 one to watch. Um he's a race coming up in Belgium this weekend and he wants to kick on again and he wants to try and bring down his five thousand meter PB and you wouldn't bet against him. But as you'll hear from him now, um he's taken a lot of confidence from his first Irish senior national title. At the, the recent, the first weekend at the Irish Nationals, um, Dara McElhinney obviously won the gold medal in the 5,000 metres. Um, from the outside, looking in Dara, it felt like a breakthrough moment for you. What did it feel like yourself? Um, yes, it felt similar enough to that, in fairness. Yeah, I think uh, there was certainly an, an element of, um, of kind of breakthrough about it. Um, I suppose going into the race, it was... You know, always in the back of my mind that I could win it, but at the same time, I knew it was going to take um, a pretty big performance to, uh, you know, to beat John, um, uh, John Travis, who came second. So, yeah, like I was, I was going into it with obviously with the hope of winning it, but uh, yeah, to have actually done it, it did, as you say, it did feel like a bit of a breakthrough afterwards. And uh, yeah, it's funny, I, I kind of always see myself as Natalie, like in a different light now after it, um, just kind of as you actually said in the paper, a bit more of a pep in my step and stuff. And it's nice to kind of have that going into, you know, just going into future races and stuff, having that kind of behind you can give, certainly give me a bit more confidence. I think sometimes we forget, you're only 19 years of age, yet you seem to have been around for years. I was even just checking up here, it was 2016 where you won the West Cork Youth Sports Star Award and you've been at junior level and schools level, you won everything there was to win and as a, as a junior athlete, you were dominant. You set all these records, the fastest Irish teenager ever, and, um, over 5,000 metres and so on. Um, so when you stepped up to, to senior, did you feel this expectation on you, Dara, this, this pressure, because you were number one as a junior? So that transition did up to senior. Did you feel pressure, or how did you, how did you take it in your stride? Um, <clears throat> no, I, would, I wouldn't say I felt too much pressure, really. Um, I suppose... Like I, I I think there's an element of it for me that I've probably felt like for the last couple of years, um, had I been in some of the senior races that that like that go on in Ireland, like beat them a, a national championships or even just like some of the the meets that a lot of the top seniors would go to, um, like I suppose, you know, I would see myself up towards the front of those. Like last year, um, I didn't run in the national seniors because uh, it was it was like a week after the European juniors or whatever. And, 
my body was um, pretty tired, so I, I didn't run it. Um, but like I remember like watching that race and you know thinking about it afterwards, I was like, yeah, had I been in that, I probably would have been up towards it. So I suppose, in a sense, I feel like I've been at the level to be competing at senior level for the last couple of years. Um, whereas it's only this year that I've really kind of put myself into position to to actually fight for the medals and stuff. Um, but in terms of pressure, I wouldn't really say so. In fairness, I don't think uh, I don't really think anybody around me puts too much pressure on me. Um, especially, you know, the couple of weeks kind of coming into a race, I, I tend to race better um, when I'm kind of a bit more relaxed about them. It doesn't really suit me to maybe like take myself too seriously coming into it. So I think, you know, for the couple of weeks into it, I wasn't putting a lot of pressure on myself. I was just saying, you know, it's my first senior race. It's my first race of the season. Um, you know, like whatever happens, happens. And then I suppose the only really pressure that I would find is more maybe what I put on myself is small, but just, you know, on the day of the race and, um, you know, the couple, just the, the few hours kind of before it and everything, how to kind of conduct yourself um, when you get to the track and, you know, getting yourself ready and everything. But um, I suppose like that kind of just comes with the territory. You know, if you're going into a race and, you know, like the thing is about athletics, it's pretty... Um, it's pretty easy to see where everybody is because, you know, it's, it's, it's such a measurable sport. Like, it's like, it's not like GA where you go into a team or where you go into a game and, you know, anything can kind of happen in terms of some player can have a savage game and somebody else can have an off day. It's, it's pretty, I mean, like, unless, you know, bare major mishap, if you're, if you're faster than, you know, 90% of the people in the race, you're going to be up the front and you kind of just have to realise that as well. So I suppose the only pressure really would have been going into it knowing that I had second fastest time. Um, but in fairness, the last couple of years, I think I've just been able to, you know, I've had really good people around me and instructing me and stuff. So I've been able to kind of train as a junior athlete, but then race as a senior athlete, which has been kind of refreshing because I feel like I'm going into my senior years now ready to push on my training as well. Um, like, cause it would be pretty easy for, you know, an 18, 19 year old to start, running the same miles a week that a senior athlete does and, you know, getting the similar results. But, like, that doesn't really – that's not too sustainable because, you know, the body will break down and stuff. Whereas I've been training pretty controlled since I was, you know, 15, 16 or whatever, and I've just been getting good results off it. So, um, yeah, obviously it's, it's worked out great now. And, you know, I don't really see the need to change anything. I'll be obviously upping my training a small bit coming into my senior years. But, uh, no, I'm just going to try and, you know, keep on the same path that I've been on because it's been – it's been um, it's been working out so far, so. Tactically, that 5,000 metre um, final, you got it spot on. And you, you were telling me last week about how you took your learnings from the 3,000 metre indoor final at the Nationals earlier in the year. Talk me through the 5,000 metre final and especially the, the last couple of laps because you waited for your chance to take on John, John Trevors and you kicked the 200 to go and you just made your move and you were gone. Yeah, like it's... It had the potential to be exactly how the 3,000 metre went out where, you know, I felt like I was sitting on on John um, for large parts of the race. And then essentially in the 3,000, I just got a bit of a rush of blood with 400 metres to go and kind of, I went to the front um, and it probably wasn't the right thing to do. Like, um, So I suppose we sat down and like I knew that you know, John won that day and I knew that John would be in this one as well. So I just said, like, I don't want to make the same mistake again. Because um, even like with 400 meters to go, the last day, you know, there was a little bit of a voice in the back of my head saying just just go for it. But like, I knew it wasn't the right thing to do, so I just stayed in for as long as I could, really. And then even with 200 meters to go, I was I was prepared to sit in again until like literally the last straight and just try and try and pip him there. But then I suppose I could kind of just tell from you know like um, the body language, like John. Obviously, I've been looking at him for so long, and I suppose like I could probably just tell that he was probably being to to um to tire a small bit so I just with two hundred metres to go I was like just one big effort now and I might be able to pull away from him and then that was that was how it went and then you know I was able to kinda turn turn around with like 30, uh, 25 or thirty metres to go and, and kind of relax into the finish line. But the biggest thing really about the whole race was just the discipline to stay in because like it is it's tempting to kinda cause like it was getting pretty monotonous, you know, like it'd been essentially thirteen and a half minutes of just staring at his back and I mean, like a large part of me wanted to go to the front, you know, and kind of open up the legs a little bit. But I, I just knew that the longer I stayed in, the more of a chance I had of, uh, you know, having more energy in the last 200. So it was really just a waiting game. And then uh, obviously then when I had the opportunity with 200 to go, I had to, it had to be perfect, you know, because I had to put in the initial burst to get the five yards because like 
the the lead that I created between 200 metres to go and say 180 metres to go, it didn't really change after that. Like I got my gap and I essentially just held it. Like we were probably running the same pace then for the majority of it. So like it was really just that 20 or 30 metres was the difference. Um, and I kind of knew that it had to be as well. I knew I had to kind of get to bend with a bit of a lead and then just just hold on. But um, like as, as great as the race as it was, like, you know, on another day, he could have came by maybe 50 metres to go and it would have been poor tactically because I went too early. So, I mean, obviously, you know, there's an element of... Uh, an element of good fortune with it as well that I was just that I just had that much in the tank. But um, in fairness, it's, I suppose it's testament really to just the work that um, work that we've been putting in the last, you know, especially the last few weeks leading into it. Um, I think there was a couple of good kind of specific workouts that we did that um, that just got me ready for whatever race was going to come. Um, you know, had it been slow or fast, I think I was pretty pretty ready to um, respond to whatever. So uh, yeah, tactic wise, it was really just a waiting game. And then when the opportunity came, I just had to make sure that I. Uh, you know, that I did it with, with conviction. And would you have to fight, to fight that impulse to go 400 metres to go? Like you said, it was in the back of your head, or maybe go now. Um, like, how hard did you have to resist that temptation? And, it, and again, is that a sign of, I suppose, you're, you're maturing, like you've more experience as a runner now, like you learn from the 3,000 metre indoors earlier in the year, and you put those learnings into practice? Yeah, 100%, because I, I think, like, the majority of what it stems from, really, is that that was... Uh, like I used to just produce the exact same tactic when I was in school, like racing all the school races. I used to do essentially the same thing the whole time I'd sit in until like either 500 metres to go or a lap to go. And then I'd go to the front and i just essentially like time throughout the last lap and run as fast as I could. And um, it was, you know, it was a grand way to win a race when you're a level above the other athletes. But I mean, John, like, I mean, John on paper is, you know, 26 seconds faster than me over 5k. So I couldn't really afford to you know go to the front and try and try and burn him off after the last lap because he's he's so strong like um and I knew that as well in fairness like obviously I was kind of half telling myself to go but overall I did know that like you know it's the wrong decision and I think having the indoor race to kind of to learn from did make a big difference because uh you know had I not gone through that I probably maybe I would have backed myself to go early and then to be honest like I think had I gone with 400 meters to go I don't think it would have I don't think I would have won so uh yeah, I suppose, obviously, every cloud has a silver lining, and I think that's definitely true in this case, anyway. Obviously, it's great, Dara, that you have a national senior gold medal the first of your career. But more so, how much confidence can you take from this win and the manner of the performance? Yeah, like, I think that's that's what it's all about, really, yeah, is the, the confidence that I've probably gained from it, um, that I've gained from it already, and, you know, that I will in the future. Because, uh, I mean, the reality is, like... Um, there's going to be a lot more national finals and, you know, it's going to be racing against a lot of the same lads as well. Um, so I suppose, you know, had I been going into say next year and I've only raced, I think I've raced John like three or four times before. And if he beat me in all those races, then I'd probably be lining up thinking, here we go again. But um, to, to have, to have done that, it does give me a confidence for, for going, for, for pushing on. And especially just because, uh, because he has the, like he has a personal best of 13, 28, um, so I suppose, you know, 1328 would be considered, you know, like a really good time for a senior. And obviously I'm a 1354 guy, so that is a really good time for a junior. But I think the fact that I was able to, to beat him maybe kind of bridges the gap a small bit for me. Um, you know, I, I, I'm going racing in Belgium now next week and straight away I'm kind of in my head, like I want to run around 1340, if not faster. Whereas, you know, had I been dropped in the last 200, um, you know, uh, at the National Seniors, maybe I'd be thinking, oh, hopefully I'll just run a PB. Whereas I think now, after a performance like that, that I think I'm ready to kind of take my uh, take my performance to a new level or whatever and uh, hopefully be, you know, in that kind of 13, 40 bracket after this. And, you know, essentially from there, you're you're getting in towards like, you know, uh, like good, good, like proper good senior times and second into global races and stuff like that. And that's what it's all about, really, especially next few years. Um because uh, you know, like if if I'm gonna have visions of you know making Olympics in in 2024 and stuff like that, you need to be competing at the highest level regularly. Like you know, it can't just be one once a year where you're racing lads from from like France or Spain, or whatever. You need to be on the circuit. And I think uh, yeah, getting my get my personal best down towards that time, and especially if I'm gonna be you know able to race on the circuit when I'm 2021, 20, that should definitely stand to me in the future. Like we said earlier, kind of as as a junior, you're absolutely dominant, the best in the country. So 
the kind of goal is to try and try and make your name now obviously at senior level like winning a senior gold in your first senior national championships is a great way to do that but like you said there you need to build on that now you need to kind of put performance after performance start tagging them back to back and so on uh, 100% yeah you need to yeah because I mean you know everybody can have a everybody can have a good day out there but I think it's when you um you know, when you start putting them back to back is when you really you know you really kind of set yourself aside from everybody else and especially uh the way that the um, that the ranking has gone for Olympics and stuff like that. Now, to be honest, I'm still not even 100% sure on how you do it and stuff like that. But, you know, say it comes to 2024, like you're you're building a big case for yourself if you've, you know, if you've won national championships back to back and, you know, you've shown kind of pedigree over time. And I think that's, that's really important, like, you know, because you don't want to just run, you know, one good race every two years and you want to, you want to be consistently racing against the best lads and, and improving yourself. And I think, um, Obviously, starting off my senior career on the right note, I'd be hoping to build on top of that. And, you know, by the time I'm, you know, 26, 27, I'll hope to have a good few more national titles under my belt, please go. And, uh, but yeah, as you said earlier, it's definitely given me the confidence to do that and to really, you know, attack the next few years. Like, If you look at the last 12 months, it's been a, a big 12 months in your life, kind of. Um, obviously, you're now up in college at UCD, so you've gone, you've gone from Glengarve up, up to Dublin. You've chained coaches again. You've gone from from junior to senior, like there's a, a lot going on on and off the track, but how pleasing is it for you that you're still moving forward, that you're still going in the right direction? Yeah, it's great. Like, and I think, um, yeah, cause I think, you know, especially on the, the coaching front, cause I think, uh, you know, obviously coaches are such a big part of an athlete setup. Um, I think especially, you know, um, for listeners or whatever that aren't as familiar with athletics, like they play an absolutely huge role. Um, and I think the fact that, you know, I've probably, I've kind of just hit the jackpot really the fact, you know, this is my, my third coach in whatever, two or three years. Um, and the fact that, you know, I've responded well to all of them is, you know, I think something I can take confidence from it myself is that, you know, down the line, if there is another move of coach um, when I'm older or whatever, I'll have the confidence to know that I've gone through a transition before and it's still gone well. Um, because, you know, like the chances are, like this transition for, for everybody, you know, you don't even know where you're going to be living in a couple of years and, you know, who you're going to know and what are you going to be doing. But uh, I think um, just going through all that definitely gives me, like, confidence when I'm older. You know, if it is a case of, you know, basing myself maybe at altitude or something when I'm older, I know that I can go through one kind of transition, one uh, one lifestyle situation to another and then, but also be keeping uh, the level of performance up, which is obviously important. Between the two nationals, the indoor and the senior, there was a gap there that's March to August and you were back home in Glengarriff during the lockdown. How did you keep yourself, I suppose, uh, training, motivated, occupied? Um, yeah, like it was, uh, do you know, I actually didn't find it too bad at all, really. Um, I suppose it was like a large part of it is really that like, I didn't, like, you know, same as everybody, I didn't really have a whole pile else to do. And like my, my days had little structure anyway because there was nothing in, in uh, to do in between training times but any bit of structure I did have really was from my training like you know um like I had to be up at a certain hour to get like my morning run done and then kind of just had to you know make sure I was you know keep my body in nick or whatever to run again in the evening and then that kind of and I suppose even you know you're trying to like convince yourself to go to bed early it makes it a lot easier if you know you're training at a certain time in the morning and stuff like that so I think running actually probably saved me during lockdown in a way because I don't know what else I would have done alternatively um and then like motivation wise I think like in fairness like, like motivation certainly fluctuated you know like there was some days where um and I suppose a lot of it, the motivation fluctuated with the the news that we were getting about COVID at the time you know like if it was a day where like deaths were massively up in the country or cases were up and you know, then everybody's saying, oh, nothing's going to be on this year and you're kind of wasting your time and all this. And like, and there was a lot of that, you know, everybody had their bit to say about whether they thought there was going to be races on or not. Um, and I suppose like, you know, if you if you got up in the morning and the first thing you seen was, oh, there was X amount of deaths this year, races are looking unlikely. It obviously makes it harder to go out for a run, but I think, uh, I think that's kind of just when discipline and uh, I suppose commitment kind of has come to the fore as well, you know. Um because you're not like you, you. No matter how much you love the sport or how driven you are, you're not going to wake up motivated every morning. Um, so I tried to just you know stay as disciplined as I could. And in fairness, you know it's obviously it's you you work hard as an athlete, but it's not if you enjoy running. I don't like it's not a chore. You know you're only, you're getting out twice a day, and it's certainly it was certainly the best part of my day during lockdown because uh, 
you know, as I said, I had nothing else to be doing. Um, and then obviously, because I, I had a bit of a blip in the middle with the with my injury, um, and I think in a way that nearly helped because uh, you know I got injured, and then all of a sudden days where I would have taken for granted being able to just you know head out on the roads and and run pain free. You know, I certainly wasn't taking those for granted anymore. And then I was, you know, really looking forward to be able to get back. And then I suppose I've been training for, I think, been training back like eight or, eight weeks or so since since I got hurt. And uh, I've certainly noticed just myself that I'm, uh, you know, a little bit more grateful to be able to go out and run pain free and a little bit more diligent with my, you know, uh, rehab and prehab and everything. So, yeah, I think like you know having like you know fitness is a bit of a gift as well. Like you know because like the fitter you are the more enjoyable it is when you're running so I see I think uh, I just saw it as a as structure to my day and you know obviously I had I, in fairness I did have a belief the whole time that there was going to be races which I think helped me as well um a lot of people around me were kind of saying oh I don't think there will be and you know you probably won't be able to race until 2021 but I kind of just had it in the back of my head the whole time that if there was a national so I didn't want to be one of the people who uh you know hadn't prepared so um yeah I think that belief actually helped me as well and from here to the end of the year, you still have a couple of events that you're hoping to get to, like you mentioned there, a race in Belgium and later in the year or so, the, the cross countries again? Yeah, like I think uh, Belgium, yeah, so I'm pretty hopeful about Belgium anyway. I'm, I'm due to fly out at, um, sorry, Friday, yeah, I'm due, uh, due to fly out this day next week. Um, and then, yeah, I'll probably take a short break after that because especially if I go out there and I run well, then, you know, essentially I've kind of achieved everything that I would have wanted to achieve this year anyways. Um. So yeah, like I'll hopefully go out there, run that, and then maybe take like a week off, um, or a week easy anyway, and then start building up again for cross country. But uh, yeah, like it's similar, really. Like I'm in a similar position looking ahead to the cross country season as I was back in April and May. That you know, there's gonna be lots of people saying that you know cross country won't go ahead, and obviously Ireland's due to host the Europeans. Um, and you know a lot of people will be saying that's not gonna go ahead and. I don't really obviously I don't know like I'm not a coronavirus expert like I don't know are we going to be able to have Europeans then or not but uh, I suppose all you can do really is just train away as if it is going to go ahead and uh, you know obviously if there is any um, if there is any championships for cross country or even just domestic races I'll uh, hope to be as prepared as possible College wise when you planning to go back up to Dublin? Um, so I'll be going back we're, we're back on the 21st of September so um yeah, be back up then. And in fairness, I'm actually quite looking forward to going back in a sense. Um, like, you know, Glengarry's a great place for for distance running, but like it's 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 only good for the actual running part, you know. Um and there is in fairness, there is a good bit more to, to the training than meets the eye that way. Like, you know, just in terms of uh, you know, just gyms and physios and, you know, just facilities that you have in Dublin that you won't have here. So it'll be nice going back to that. Um but in fairness, I do think like, you know, being on the hills down here every day over lockdown certainly did help me feel stronger for it. Like, um, so yeah, going back up, I'll try and try and kind of emulate as much of the training that I did down here up there. And then, you know, have the added bits of, um, I guess, luxuries that I don't have down here. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. How did you find swapping with Gareth for Dublin last year when you started college at UCD? Because it's yin and yang. They couldn't be more different. They kind of, they quite scenic Gareth and the hustle and bustle of, of, of a busy city. Yeah, in fairness, it did take quite a lot of getting used to it. I think like, uh, in fairness, essentially like for nearly the whole of the first semester, I kind of just felt like, felt like I was kind of on holiday or something. It didn't feel like, it didn't feel like my real, like real life rent and like just being up there. Um, like that's not to say I didn't enjoy it. Like it was great crack and, like I still actually trained away quite well when I was up there but uh yeah like the only really experience I would have had of like running in the city and stuff was like we might have gone up to Cork like once a week during school just to uh, meet with some of the lads from Cork and train with them but uh yeah doing it every day was certainly different just like you know like down here after like especially during the winter when I was in school like I, like we'd finish school at quarter to four and like I'd have to be out on the pitch at four o'clock if I wanted to get my training done before dark whereas like you don't have that issue up there because of like street lights and, and everything like that and you know indoor treadmills or whatever you want to use really um, so I think in fairness it did take get a bit of getting used to so I think that's why I feel I'm going back next year in the place it's going to be a lot more familiar to me like or going back in the, in the next few weeks and uh, yeah I'm definitely hoping that like when I do get back there it'll be you know straight down to business training wise um, you know I won't have the whole kind of you know getting my bearings or anything like that I'll be straight into it and uh, hopefully now I can you know, use this must be a, a good 
good summer of racing so far to you know push on and uh, hopefully kind of you know get to new levels next year. No, great stuff, Derek. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks, Kieran. Thanks very much for that. Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. On Saturday at 5pm, the Clonakilty ladies footballers meet Glanmire in the Intermediate County Final in Kilmichael. They're going into this final off the back of a very impressive win over rivals Russ Carberry. So Kieran, how are they fixed for this one in your own opinion? Uh, Clan will go in as the underdogs. Glenmire beat them in the group stages by I think it was seven or eight points. So Clan had that gap to make up. And in Clan's defence, that was their first game of, of the group stage. While I think Glenmire had a match under their belt by then. I don't think many people, to be honest, expect the Clan to get to the county final. Um, when they took on Ross Carberry in the semi-final, Ross had been in, I think, four of the last five or six county finals. They'd beaten Clan in last year's semi-final. Roscarbury were coming off a winning run um, in their group stage so all the signs pointed to Roscarbury win but Clan and Kilty turned that in its head I think they put up 2-7 in the first half and they kind of they held and sustained that lead in the second half so um, huge achievement for Clan to get through to a county final and they definitely have a chance um, there's some very experienced players there like Captain Claire O'Leary who we're going to hear from now her sister Anya is there they've um, Cork goalkeeper Martina O'Brien kind of marshalling the the kind of guilty defence um, six, the six forwards that start for Clan are 21 or younger as far as I know and that goes from the likes of Myra Barrett Kiva Ryan down to Millie Condon who was a star in the Cork under-14s last year so it's a very youthful Clan of Kilty team um, confidence is high as you'll hear from Claire now they're, they're looking forward to it they're up against it but saying that they're up against it against Ross Carberry that many people gave them a chance and they won that so I definitely would not be ruling out Clan of Kilty this weekend and when I caught up with Claire, she was coming off the back of her first day back in school. She's a secondary school teacher, so she's she's juggling a lot this week. Been back in the classroom and looking forward to county final. But as you'll hear from her now, she's in good form. Before we look ahead to the game itself against Glenmire, Claire, I just want to chat about your recent semi-final win against Ross Carberry. Um, I suppose going into that game, Ross Carberry would have been the favourites. They were coming off the back of winning their three group games. They've been counting to be the finalists for the last couple of years. Um, they beat E in last year's semi-final. So kind of all the indicators were pointing towards a Ross Garbury win, which he turned everything on its head. Like that was a terrific, terrific, terrific performance. Um, he won 2-10 to 2-3. Talk me through that game and um, and how come it all worked out so well for Clan. Um, yeah, like I suppose we went into the game as underdogs, um, like all the media was on Ross and the watching interviews and um, for the Southern Star even that week and it seemed us fine just, um, you know, training away and um, I suppose like we'd lost my point last year and like we were absolutely devastated afterwards. Um, like I'll never forget, um, I injured my back even, and I like the next day I was absolutely in a horror. We, we were just so disappointed. Um, everything went wrong. Um, like yeah, you know, even our free taker Kira, like you know, she was so much wise. This time around, she got everything. Um, yeah, so we we were just so gutted. Um, after last year, and we, like it was by a point, but we didn't perform. So. Um, like we really like we trained and prepared well for this we finally against Ross um, like we knew they were a very big physical team with lots of experience we know them so well we know their their players like Laura McMahon Sarah Hayes Jonah Callaghan we knew the girls that um, were going to be big players for them so I suppose you know we um, we upped our training and you know there was like definitely there was you know, more intensity brought and um, physicality to our trainings to match them. And like, you know, bringing the new girls as well, you know, I suppose we lacked forwards um, that, you know, like with the, that could score. So um, when we brought in the, the young under 14s, like we knew they could score. So it was just 
bringing us all together and training and preparing for us. And like we were quite confident going in the match, into the match. And obviously, we, you know, we'd nothing to lose. There was no um, limelight on us at all. So, um, yeah, we just gave, like, we, yeah, we just performed. And like every single player on the pitch played absolutely brilliantly, like from Martina to the back forwards. Um, yeah, everyone was just played out of their socks, and like it was a really tough, tough game. Um, and yeah, we even like you know, while even though I know we won by seven points, but like we were just even speaking about the match there at the weekend, where it felt like we were still down a point, um, with like the last five minutes to go, you know. Um, so we just need to match that now again or to bring that game again against Glamour and at the weekend. How much confidence can you take from that win against Ross Garbery and even the performance? Because our reporter, Jeremy McCarthy, was there and he was really impressed by the kind of kitty performance, but even the overall standard of the game and especially that first half performance. I think you put 2-7 on the board and like you said there, you're a team now that carries a scoring threat. So there's a lot of positives to take from that win. So how high is the confidence after beating a good team like Ross Garbery? Um, like we are confident now, um, you know, we definitely were on high after the match, but you know, we we have to get that out of our systems and we played a challenge match there again and you know, like yeah, like isn't we, we need to bring that again. Um but yeah, like you know, it, it's it's not one not based on the semi final, like we have a first final at the weekend, um and like yeah, we we played well, and you know, um, like we, we are we are aware of um, our strengths and our weaknesses too. So it's um, you know it's about you know going again at the weekend versus Glanmire. But you know, like we're well aware that the championship isn't won just because we got over Ross Carberry. Um, we want to win it out. You know, um, we want to go. You know, to beat Glanmire. But we're well aware, like. They again are favourites for the championship. Um, like at the start of the season, like they were, they are the team to beat. Um, it was between them and Dunmore, and um, to win out. And obviously, Dunmore were knocked out, so it's it's the glamour. They're going to be the favourites um, ahead of the weekend. Um, so yeah, we have a huge challenge to beat them. Like you said, it is. It's a huge challenge, Claire. And if you go back to the group stages of this championship, and Glenmore actually beat Clannacilty, I think it was two nine to seven points. So, um, so we can see why Glenmore would be favourites on on this in this Saturday's final. But looking at that group game, do you think that have any bearing on on this weekend's final? Yeah, we're not going to dwell on it much. Um, I suppose it was our first group game, um, their second, um. And up to that, then I think we maybe two or three challenge matches, but you know we didn't have a full squad and we didn't have you know everyone in their position. Um, so like yeah, we're not going to dwell on it too much. And um, like we like we I suppose they play very similar to us. Um, you know they're they're young, they're fast. You know they get the ball. It's it's through the hands. It's quick. Um, into the boards and they have a couple of dangerous boards but they do have a similar um, style of football as us so um, you know I think it's, it's on the day who wants it more um, and like yeah I like yeah they, they are favourites and they, they you know I do think we will have to give a definitely a big performance um, to overcome them really um like really yeah like they they are they are probably on paper maybe the better team um and with the experience they've won the all Ireland two years ago as well so they're probably together a lot longer than we are um we've only brought in the younger players with the last two years or dc was playing with us last year and um, more barrett as well it's her second year with us more or sorry it's um millie's first year with us so like we're only coming, you know, we're only together since um, the start of lockdown. But, like, yeah, so we do have to, um, like, give it a massive performance. They had that the, the couple of years. Um, so they're probably, they're used to each other. Um, but, yeah, so we we just, we have to give an almighty performance to beat them. Um, but we are, like, we are confident. We, you know, we, we had some good challenge games and even our, our 
you see me find a win over Ross as well, um, has boosted our confidence. You, you kind of mentioned there the likes of Millie Condon and Myra Barrett and Kia Ryan there, I suppose, and, and the younger, age, younger, the younger side of the age scale. Then there's the experienced players like, like, like yourself and even Cork goalkeeper Martino O'Brien. And, and thinking of yourself, Claire, like you were involved in the clan team that won the All-Ireland Junior back in 2009. So you've yeah. been there, done that, seen that. Kind of in terms of experience and you've been captain this week. And like I mentioned there, Martino O'Brien, how important is your role is in to bring these young players along this week, getting into a big game like a county final? Yeah, like Martina's been fantastic. Um, it suits us brilliantly that the intercounty season hasn't started yet because Martina has like been item to nearly every training session bar one and that night before the championship. Um, but yeah, like to have to have our training and every single training is brilliant. Like she definitely um like you know, you know, while she's a physiotherapist, there is definitely she's she's got coaching abilities as well. So I say she could be coaching Cork to come. Um, but yeah, she's like she's great to like stop playing and, and you know give directions. Um, but even during the matches as well, like you can even hear she's very vocal, you know, push, push or um, you know, go or so she, like it's brilliant to have that all the time at training sessions. Um, but yeah, like definitely um like it's been brilliant having her at training sessions and yeah, like you know, um you know, like yeah, I suppose having the experience then of us, like the older players, like yeah, we're just you know we're just going to train out for the week and you know keep the head down and not get you know caught up in all the attention that surrounds a county final and you know it's, it's massive to get to a county final, but at the end of the day, it's really only like a match, sixty minutes, and um yeah, just to like you know to bring it down to that and if we just you know focus. And then bring our, our game um, on Saturday. Even Which, for yeah, Cal- it's, been, it's been fantastic having Martina. Oh, yeah. Like, like you yeah. said, with Martina being vocal, like I've been at so many games, and you can hear her, even when there's a crowd there, you can hear Martina talk, and she's she's so encouraging and, and vocal at the back. But I was going to say as well, just for, for, for Clan Kilty, for, for the club to be in a county final again, you know, kind of, and especially for the younger players, like it's a great experience and it's something to look forward to. So how are you going to treat this week? Because we we're talking off camera too and you're, you're, you're a teacher and you're back to school this week, so you're, you're pretty busy as it is. So this week for you, how is it going to unfold? Is it kind of, is it good to be busy the week of a county final? Yeah, I suppose it is like to have that distraction or it, um, but, you know, being back at work, you can be more tired. So I, I like, you know, early to bed now for the week. And, um, like, you know, we, you know, Driscoll um, in as a coach as well. And he's obviously um, a strength and conditioning coach in his gym. So, you know, you know, he's he's going to, like, um, direct training around, you know, like that. It's, it's not as high intensity as what we would have been training you know, before a final. Um, so, yeah, like, you know, our, our trainings will match, you know, like what, you know, like they won't be as intense, let's say, as coming up to, um, you know, just a challenge match. It'll be much, you know, you know, won't be as tough as what we would be um, doing at the weekend, which is the county final. Um, but, yeah, I suppose it's just um, like minding yourselves and, um, you know, I we have an animal in the facility, the recovery suite, so we'll probably get there as a group um some evening during the week as well. And um yeah, and then just early um, early to bed, eating well and hydrating. Um I don't know what the weather is like for the weekend, but um Hopefully it'll be joy anyway. <laughs> These are exciting times for Candy Kitty Ladies Football Club. The very best look, Claire. All of West Cork is rooting for you and hope that you'll um, bring home the silverware on Saturday. So the very, very best of luck. Great stuff there from Claire and the very best of luck to the Clan Ladies Footballers on Saturday. Now, before we review the Beamish Cup final, I just want to pause for a minute to chat about our friends at Access Credit Union. The Star Sport Podcast is, of course, brought to you by Access Credit Union, your trusted local financial partner. Just recently, I went through the process of opening a current account with Access Credit Union, and I don't think it's an exaggeration to say that it's changed my life. I was able to open the account online during lockdown, which made the process completely hassle-free, and it was made even easier by the great support provided by Access Credit Union team leader Amanda O'Sullivan, who joins me now. Amanda, I understand you can now apply for a credit union loan online as well. Thanks, Jack. Yeah, you can. If you thought applying for your current account was easy, um, 
you'll be delighted when you come to us for your car loan. Um, you can apply online just as long as you're registered for your online banking. A couple of clicks and it comes to us here in Access Credit Union. The personal touch still isn't lost. We'll still bring you back and discuss the loan with you. Um, and you can upload any supporting documents you needed, your uh, payslips, bank statements, that sort of thing. Um, we attach them here to your loan, assess the loan, and you can draw it down online. So we aim to do that all within 24 to 48 hours, depending on when you submit your documents. Um, and I suppose it was something that was in the pipeline for a while, but with COVID-19, it sped, sped us up to, to provide the service. Um, and it's really worked out well for us. And you know, for members being able to access their funds and still draw down their loan, it's been, it's been a great asset to us really, and to the community. I suppose, yeah, um, typically, people always have to come into the credit union to draw down their loan and you know for young people who may not be living in the area anymore we were inaccessible then so now we're back back in the market for these these members again um, and hopefully they will they will support us as we are supporting local businesses and you know with every 10 euros spent in the locality it generates 40 euros for the local economy so in turn the interest that you're paying on your loan in your local credit union goes back into your local economy so you know everyone's helping each other with this Great stuff. Thanks very much, Amanda. And don't forget, Access Credit Union is your trusted local financial partner. Access your money 24-7 from anywhere in the world with an Access Credit Union current account. And enjoy all the benefits while keeping your money local. On Sunday in Turner's Cross, West Cork League runners-up Dunmanway Town beat Clonakilty Town FC 2-0 in the Beamish Cup final. A little earlier on, Kieran caught up with captain Stephen O'Donovan, midfielder Mark Buckley and Cahill Daly, who scored both goals in Sunday's final, to reflect on yet another famous day for the Mahona Club. I'm going to go first to, to Stephen, the, the captain um, of the Dunmanway team that won the Beamish Cup with Turner's Cross. What was it like to captain Dunmanway Town to the Beamish Cup at a League of Ireland stadium at Turner's Cross? Uh, look, it was a very special time you know, it was with everything that's going on and to get to play a Beamish Cup final in Turner's Cross, you know, it's something that, you know, it's only been done every now and then, but to do it yesterday was absolutely magical. And it was, you know, a great day for everyone involved and anyone that was there or anyone who was watching, but for the club and the lads that were there yesterday, it was, it was, it was very, very good. The rumour mill is an overdrive, Stephen. What I'm hearing is it could be your last game for the Menway Town. Um, can you can you can you settle those rumours? Is it your last game? What's happening? Are you, are you going to be back again or? Um, yeah, look, the rumours probably true. I'd say that that is my, probably my last game for the Menway Town. Uh, probably moving away actually tomorrow. So yeah, it's probably my last game with the Menway Town shirt on. But look, there's no better way to go for the Beamish Cup medal and captain. A great, you know, team of men that you know I admire and a great time for. And look, it's up to them for no one. I played for the Manor Town over the last probably sixteen years, but look, it's great to go to top. It's great to go to the top. And where does this rank for you? Like you, you said, there sixteen years, Stephen. Like you've won, you've won a lot with the Manor Town. Even go back to last season, Premier Division champions. But to to captain your your home club. Like I said, it turns across the Beamish Cup in your last game. Like that's kind of that's almost right. The Rover stuff of dreams in terms of signing off like that. Yeah, like it's, it's don't get me wrong, it's brilliant. Like it's 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 fairy tale stuff, really. But um, look, as I said, I you know it's one of them days that you dream about to play in a place like Turner's Cross. You know, dim things don't really happen, but. You know, I was lucky. I was lucky enough to play with a lot of lads that I admire. They're a great bunch of lads, and to lift the Beamish Cup in honour of them, and it's it's massive. So you know, it's a, it's it's a great way to go to the top. I can see Mark Buckley sat in the well up here because he's getting a bit of, a bit small, but <laughs> emotional is probably the word I'm, I'm looking for. Mark, as a captain, what was Stephen like to play with and play under? Um, I suppose he was, he was, um, it was 50-50, Karen, really, you know, like, neg- neg- negative and positive, but for luck, he's, um, he's a star with the club, like, you know, and, uh, it was kind of, we had a conversation about 18 months ago, 
he was gonna he was organizing the distributor with his with his with his plus one and uh he said books, he said uh, the one thing that I want more is just another Beamish Cup medal, like you know, after he won the Premier League last year. Um so I suppose it was kind of always in the back of our minds, it was a big motive for us at start of the year. Look, we obviously wanted to win the Bowl Cups, the Premier Division and the and the Beamish Cup. But um it's it's great. It, it was great for him that he was you know, like it's such a young team and to have a starter like that with us. It's kind of a, it's a heart at the back, like you know. He was started all year in fairness to him. It was great. To, he was he was a bit emotional yesterday after the game, but um, <laughs> we, we won't we won't give up on that at all. But he was um, it was it was great to see him lifting the cup, like you know, on, on such a big day. And for his family as well, like his family have been big, uh, big you know, big support to the club with years, like his father and his mother and his brother Barry there and stuff, you know. So it's um, it was a great day for their family, and it was, it was great to be there to 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 celebrate with him after the game, you know. And I suppose Stephen owes um, Cahill a couple of, point, couple of points as well because it's thanks to Cahill's two goals that Stephen's get this sign-off with a, with, with a Beamish Cup winner's medal. Uh, Cahill, I want to talk about your two goals, but more importantly, your, your second goal because we've seen the video now of the goal and it was probably the greatest solo effort we've ever seen in Turner's Cross. I think you beat 14 men and you came back around again before you finished it. But <laughs> talk, talk me through it. What was it like to score a goal like that in Turner's Cross in the Beamish Cup final and, and seal... See, see, see that trophy for your club. Um, no, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. I suppose like it was a big plus when like we were guaranteed the win in because we were under savage pressure. Like, but it came from a ball from Bucks. Like, I don't want to say it because you know his head's big enough as it is. But um, like it was a great ball from him to be fair. And like I went past the first man, probably should have tackled me. Like I got a bit lucky on the second one, and then we got on to, got, got past him, then onto the finish, and it was. Hope, hit and hope, really. Like, I had the head down, just hit it. Luckily, I went in then, and the celebrations could start a couple of minutes later. So, it was nice enough, all right, chat. As good as the second goal was, Cahill, the, the first goal was the crucial goal because the game was so tight up till then. It was in the law at half time, and Clannacilty Town were winning it as well. So, that goal gave you something to defend, and Clan had to come out and chase you a bit then. So, your, your, your first goal was probably the more important of the two. Is that fair to say? Oh, it definitely was like because we knew Clan were going to come at us with everything they had in the second half. Like, and as 30, 30 seconds, 45 seconds later, or something, Johnny Lee he went down and hit the crossbar. Like, so it would have been a completely different game from then on. But like, we defended well, we attacked when we needed to, uh, we got the goal in at the vital time towards the end. And um the rest, yeah, that's basically it. Like, it was our, our defense were under savage pressure there for some bits of the second half. Like, and then boxing Johnny in midfield, like tracking back and everything like they, they had to do everything for us and I was just lucky to, I, I was lucky to get two goals I suppose but credit goes out to the rest of the boys really like You've had a serious goal scoring streak in the Beamish Cup have you scored in every round? Apparently so like, I did not too much about it until John McCarthy was saying it to me but um, look, if it's true I'll take it like you, you can't complain about it and, and, and Stephen, like we're just talking there about playing in Turner's Cross. Kind of, it's the second time the Beamish Cup final has been held up there. Kind of, tell me about the stadium, like even the pitch itself. What's it like to play on a surface like that? Uh, look, Kieran, it, it was absolutely beautiful to play there. But you know, with the certain circumstances going on, you know, at the moment, you know, the no spectators and whatever, and like it would, it would have been massive to have people there to watch us and whatever. Mark, kind of. Cotton was giving you a kind of, I suppose, a, an endorsement there about your midfield, midfield pair with Johnny Kelly. You've been central to this success, yeah. kind of like, would you take a lot of the credit so for Cotton's goals? Um, it's, it's, it's actually amazing. We were inside them. We were celebrating where they win that as we were last night. And uh, he was getting fierce praise for the second goal. And he actually never mentioned the past. So I'm actually, I'm actually a bit shocked that he's after mentioning it there. And also, thanks for that, Cotton, to be fair. <laughs> but uh, no, no one fair enough. We were under the cash, and then um, a ball broke to be there in the middle, and, and uh, he made a great run. Like, so I just kind of put it in behind the defence, and it was kind of Khan's defence were they were very solid all game. Like, you know, it was kind of it kind of had to be done at the right time. And in fairness, Kyle, he just kept himself on side. And um, look, he still had a lot of work to do for the goal. Like, so credit's to credit's to where credit's to. Like, but yeah, I suppose like I suppose Khan had most of the ball really, Kieran, to be honest. And they've they've great players in the middle there. Jack and Manny there and um, Chris Collins and Ruben Henry like they're, they're great players like and Alan Murphy as well like so, so we were under savage pressure like and um, I suppose myself and Johnny didn't have the best games we've played all season but we um, I suppose we had to do a lot of defensive work and in fairness like we kind of worked well together in fairness and 
it was it was it was just kind of a, an overall effort as well, Kieran. You know, it was it was um, it's great to have the two boys up front in just to take the pressure off us, in like you know. So in fairness, they've been firing away the goals, so we've been they've been they've been doing the business for us up there. In fairness, you mentioned earlier, Mark, that obviously Domain with Home wanted a league and cup double this year. Didn't work out with the league. You yeah. relinquished the title to Dream Rangers on the last day of the season. After that happened, did you almost double up your efforts then and focus on the Beamish Cup because you wanted to kind of get your hands on silverware this season? Yeah, sure. Look, I suppose um, it was a very proud moment for us last year winning the league. Like you know, and uh, I felt that we totally deserved the league last year. I know we kind of went to the playoffs and stuff, but we kind of done it the hard way. And we kind of proved to people that we were the best team in West Cork last year. And I think you know, here like with a full strength team this year as well, we probably are the best team in West Cork. And it was great for us. Like we were hurt a lot after what happened in the league title. Um, I suppose a lot of us were caught up with GA commitments and stuff like that, and it's been a it's been a hectic summer for us. So it's nice to get a bit of silverware and. So like we like we fully believe in ourselves that we we probably are the best team in West Cork, you know, and um, I'm just happy that we got to show that on Sunday. Um, so like so with everything going on, it's it's lovely to finish finish the year with a bit of silverware, and we've another cup final again in two weeks against Con again. So it'll be nice to nice to get double over them hopefully. But um, yeah, look, it's 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 a lot of our first, a lot of lads there. It's our first Beamish Cup, like, and I suppose um, we just have to drive on. Now we've a young team, like so. Hopefully we get a few more down there as well. Get the Premier League back off after and again next year, hopefully. And Kyle, like Mark mentioned there, like Clan Kilty Town, they're a serious outfit. Obviously, Junior Rangers won the Premier Division this year. You've Betty the Hob, you've Toger, you've Lawyer. There's Spartak Mosgrove are coming up, missing their there. Um, Riverside are coming back up to the Premier next year. Like the West Cork League, the Premier Division, it's very, very competitive right now, isn't it? Oh, it's very tough, all right. Like, because whoever you go to, like, you're never going to get an easy game. Like, People go, oh, but to get bottom of the league doesn't matter. Like you go to any team in the West Cork League, you're going to get a game. It's going to be tough. It's going to be physical. Like so, and you could see how tight it was this year for a lot of the year until COVID kicked in. Like there's it only a couple of points in it between first and fourth. I think. Like so, there are very strong teams in the West Cork League, and we saw Clan there like yesterday. They were they were fantastic. Like they're very tough. They gave us nothing easy. Like we had to work for every ball we got. Like, but um, yeah, it's nothing easy in the West Cork League. Stephen, you mentioned as well, obviously, you're, kind of, you're finishing up now after 16, 17 years with the Menway Town, and you're almost handing over the reins to, to, to the younger lads, like Mark and, and, and Kyle here. How confident, confident are you that these fellas will kind of continue on that, that proud tradition that the Menway Town have and keep you right up the top of the, of the West Cork League? Uh, look, Kieran, I'd, I'd be very, very confident. There's plenty of them. Like, we were only looking at it yesterday, I think I was... We'd say the all and there was a couple more down before me and then the drop was about I think it was eight or nine years down to the next person. And there's plenty of good young lads that can step up to the mark and like when you look at it you have like some Mark and Cahill there and Reese Corkley, uh, Colin Barry, Ray Jennings, Aaron Donovan, lads that are stepping up to the mark when we really needed them yesterday and they really stepped up. So, you know, I I have no problems thinking that Dramatone will always be a force. In West Cork soccer. When you're looking back over the, the last 16, 17 years, what have the big highlights been for you, Stephen? Um, I suppose I've a couple of highlights, like, but I suppose as a captain last year, you know, I think I think it was probably the first year the Premier League went to uh, a playoff. So you know, to win that last year was massive. It was, you know, it was definitely a highlight, and you know. Back in 2003 and 2004, I was only a sub in 2003. I played the final in 2004. You know, they were, they, were, they were big moments. But I suppose this year, to lift the cup as a captain in Turner's Cross, League of Ireland Stadium, whether fans or no fans, it was something very, very special. And Mark, kind of, um, the game was live streamed too. And I think there was a, quite a big viewership. The figures were coming in today. I think there was, was 3,000 3, or so had watched... Uh, tuned in at different parts of the final, kind of, when you talk about the West Cork League, kind of, it's a very competitive league and it would be great to see more fans there, wouldn't it? More fans to come to games because the standard is very high. Yeah, sure. So, um, I suppose, Kieran, like, it was, it was great to, I suppose, Barry, Barry Donovan wouldn't be too happy with his chance there towards the end will be, will be, will be evidence there forever. So, he wanted, it was great to, you know, it was like, as my family there at home, know, like they were able to sit down and plug the laptop into the television and watch it there, like you know, so it was great. Like, and 
I suppose in one way it was kind of strange not seeing any fans at the game, but like to, to see the figures of nearly three thousand two hundred people watching the game, encouraging like and like I suppose on a Sunday morning, like especially with the weather's kind of cool, like you kind of see the crowds coming out like before four over there and stuff, you know. But I think that the like the standard in soccer in West Cork is definitely improving, like you know, and it's it's definitely very high standard. Like you see, Kyle said it there a while ago, like just three or four teams are fighting for first place in the league, like and. Like we played Spartak there no a few weeks ago and like they're they they won the first division and they we got nothing easy off and, like they were very good like and uh, like they're way really able to throw the ball around place you know so I think that like it's the rest of the lads you know put it on Twitter and stuff it's great to see that like and it's great for us as well to have a bit of a backing as well like you know because it kind of it's great to have such kind of a following didn't it? and it, it it improves proves the whole thing for everyone like you know and that's what everyone wants to see in West Park because. As Stephen said, there been playing the Beamish Cup since 2003, like, and it was a great honour for us to win that yesterday, and it meant a lot to a lot of fellas, you know. So it was a great lift for the town as well. So it's 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 great to see a backing behind West Cork, you know, because I think that there's a great history there, and there's a lot of tradition, and there's a lot of they're still talking about the Beamish Cup day 20 years ago, you know. So um, hopefully it'll get really improved, and you know, hopefully we can keep kind of. Well, see me, my father, uh, he still goes on about it, right, but. Do you know, it was, it was great. Like, even my grandmother, I know, watched the game yesterday as well, you know, so it was great. Um, Cahill, you have the, the, the Maybury Parkway Cup final again, Clannock of Town coming up in the next couple of weeks. I presume you want to finish off on a high, kind of get another piece of silverware and round off the season with, with two cups to your name. Uh, of course, like any, any cup we're in, like, the lad, everyone on our team will say it, like, we want to win every game, every trophy that's out there, like Buck said a while ago. Just want to go win the double over them, like, and if you just stand us a good stead for next season going in again, you know, like, we know now how to win, like, we just got to keep that going and winning another cup going into next season with the double. Hopefully, we can go for the league title in again next year. Stephen, I'm going to leave the last word to you. Kind of, you touched it earlier to kind of you feel that the Menway Town is in very safe hands. Um, you'll be watching from afar for, I suppose, for the cup final coming up in, in the next 12 months. Um, you're feeling on the Menway Town over the next. 12, 18, 24 months, you think they'll, they'll stay on top? Oh, look, Kieran, the Mamma is in a very good place. There's some absolutely fantastic soccer players played there. As I said, the young lads coming through, they're going to have no problem. Absolutely no problem. And, like, they have, we say, like, like a bit of experience. Like, Carl, Carl there now has played, that's, I think, Carl's second year there, Mark there is after playing a couple of years. So, like, they can use the experience. And like there's plenty of lads coming in underneath him. So, you know, they can help him along. Dynamic Town Soccer is going to be there for an awful long time. And I'm sure the lads will bring back plenty more Beamish Cups and plenty more Premier Leagues. I suppose our listeners will actually want to know, where's the cup, the cup going to stay for the next 12 months? Because if Stephen's heading off, I presume it's not going to London. So who's going to get ownership? It's actually uh, in the suitcase. <laughs> it's in the suitcase already, is it? Packed away. Well, John, Buck, John Buckley forgot to bring it to Turner's Cross. And had to get his daughter to bring it up. So he'll have to come to London for next week, next year. So what we know, so John Buckley won't have the cup, so that the cup could be in London or it, it could appear anywhere in the menway over the next 12 months. Well, Kieran, really, if there's any men going to have it, Mark Buckley's going to have it. Call a spade a spade. He's going to sleep with it. <laughs> I'm, ex- I'm expecting someone to I'll see... Be, I'll to be... see I'll be teasing. I'll be teasing the father. I'll have it. Um, I'll have it up in the room there, and I'll be bringing it down to there for dinner and stuff. But I want him to touch it or anything. But I'm not great. So come here, lads. Thanks. Thanks so much for joining for joining us on the podcast this week. Congrats on a on a super Beamish Cup win, and best of luck in the in the, the other cup final coming up in the next couple of weeks. No, well, lads. Best of luck. I won't see you after Boy, tonight, but best of luck. Access Credit Union has always been at the heart of our community through good and bad times. We want to continue to play our part in helping our community through the COVID-19 crisis. As businesses reopen, we encourage our community to work together by staying local, borrowing locally and spending locally. Access Credit Union is here to help. Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and before we wrap up yet another busy edition of the show. Kieran is going to give us a quick rundown of what to expect in this week's Southern Star Sports section. So, Kieran, take it away. What 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 you have for us? 
There's plenty going on, Jack. Um, as, as you can guess, I suppose it's really kind of hot and heavy in the, the, the various GA championships at the moment. So as well as reflecting on all the action from last weekend, and there was a lot, we're looking forward to a very, very busy football weekend coming up. Um, I caught up with Skibbereens, Daniel Hayes in the chat about O'Donovan Rossa, who took take on St. Michael's in the, the senior um, A football championship this weekend. We have interviews from Castlehaven and Newcastle and also Dennis Hurley explains so was all the different permutations for the West Cork clubs heading into the final weekend of action in the county championships. And um, looking ahead to Clannacilty's county intermediate ladies football final against Glenmire, John McCarthy is a very good interview with Kira Ryan. Um, also, we've match reports from the West Cork ladies semi-final win in the schemes, uh, dramatic win which we spoke about earlier. All the county championship games involving West Cork teams. And also, Jack, coming up this weekend, it's a very busy weekend in the Carberry Junior A Football Championship. There are six round three games down for, the, down for decision, and there's some huge matches in there. You've defended champion St. James is up against Argonne Rangers, which is a repeat of last year's semi-final. And possibly the tie of the weekend is on Sunday when Kilmacabee take on St. Mary's. And obviously, Kilmacabee, if we can recall, put up a huge score against Bandit in the first round. I think it was... 6.23 with Damien Gore scoring, scoring 3.5 so there'll be a lot of eyes on the Carberry Junior A Football Championship this weekend goes out saying that we've great coverage of the Beamish Cup Final we've schooled by soccer in there um, all the athletics from Phil Healy's 12th National Gold and what we've done is we've actually listed off we've gone through Phil's 12 gold medals at senior level so starting from 2014 up to 2020 from indoors to outdoors, we're looking at each of our of, of our national gold medals. And um, I checked in with Phil this week to see where she ranks in the all-time list of nationals, Jack. And there's there's some fella with 57 national records. So she said she's some bit off the, the top of the leaderboard. But interestingly, she's only two off Sonia O'Sullivan, who won 14 senior national titles. And um, my money is on Phil Healy to beat that record in the next couple of years. So... As you can see from this, it's an action-packed Southern Star sports section that will be on shop shelves on Thursday morning or available online. Yeah, so as Kieran mentioned, it's available to read online. All you have to do is go to www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper and you can read to Southern Star on your computer, tablet or smartphone for less than €2 per week. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. If you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Slonga Fall.